Welcome to This Week in Louisiana Agriculture. This is the podcast edition of this week's show. If you would like to watch the video form of this episode of Twyla, head over to our website at twylatv.org. You can also find all the information related to all the different stories in this episode at that website. Again, that's twylatv.org. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hello, I'm Kristen Oaks-White. And I'm Avery Davidson. Thank you for joining us for This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, the only TV show bringing Louisiana farmers and consumers together every week. Well, we talk about it often, but there is literally a day for everything. This week we saw National Crawfish Day come and go, even though here in Louisiana we think every day is Crawfish Day during the spring. And that's how it should be. For American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval, Crawfish Day was last week when he visited the Bayou State for an up-close and personal experience with crawfish. Twilight's Carl Wigger shows us how President Duval went to work on a crawfish farm and gained a new appreciation for our treasured crustacean. It's a beautiful day in Henderson for American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval to take a ride in a boat. That's all right. Duval is in Louisiana to learn more about a commodity the state is known for, crawfish. Wow, that thing's full. Getting hands-on experience like this is important for him to represent the grassroots members of Farm Bureau. You know, I get the interface of presidents of the United States, secretaries of agriculture and EPA administrators, and I get to take my experience back to them and be able to talk about all of it all across the board. Uh, the hardships of it, the rewards of it, and, and the challenges of it. And, and that, that's what makes my travel around the country, it makes my representation more valuable because I've experienced it and seen it with my own eyes. Duval tried his hand at pulling some traps and seeing the bounty of these crawfish ponds, a bounty he enjoyed for the first time the night before. And it was a great experience. I had uh, wonderful people to teach me how to do that. And then the fellowship, of course, is like any other Farm Bureau meeting. We eat well, we fellowship well, and we work hard making sure futures of our farmers and their families is bright. That's pretty good too now. It's very important to have a leader like Zippy that will take time to come to your state, sit down with your producers, and talk to them about their problems, and know that he's taking it back to Washington with him. After the crawfish farm visit, Duval made a quick stop at Bonanza Crawfish to see how a peeling plant operates. He then met with a room full of Louisiana sugarcane farmers and millers to hear how a recent ruling from the Department of Labor will change things drastically on their operations this year. In that meeting was the chair of Louisiana Farm Bureau's Labor Advisory Committee, Katie Ramagos. Just to hear what he's hearing from D.C., bring that back to us, and then to sit down and listen to the concerns that the mills and the growers have here. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge for the industry, it's huge for Louisiana Farm Bureau, it's huge for our growers in this area that are going to be significantly impacted by these changes. President Duval ended his day with a room full of sugarcane farmers and millers discussing the adverse wage rate that will be extremely harmful to their industry. Unfortunately, he had no answers for farmers' concerns yet, but he assured them that their issues will make it back to the ears of Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack, as well as others in the Labor Department and Congress. And you guys, trips like this are, are what make I think President Duval a good president and that he's always getting to the grassroots and hearing their issues and, and bringing them back to D.C. Uh, to the people that can make a difference and, and change some of these rules and laws and, and share the stories of the farmers that he's meeting here on the ground in Louisiana. And I, I think everyone, while he didn't have answers, everyone was encouraged to know that 
that, that he's taken their stories back to D.C. to the people that can change things. He's got a pretty powerful person on the on his speed dial he that he can call, you know, and it's good to know that farmers understand that he is going to bat for them. Right, and getting on the on the crawfish boat like you saw yeah. in the story and getting that experience and taking that with him. Even, you know, next time a crawfish issue comes up, he's like, he can say, I've seen the work that's involved in these laborers, how important they are to this to that industry or to sugarcane. He's been on sugarcane farms. He knows that. And, and him seeing that firsthand, I think, is just so valuable. And didn't he get a phone call while he was here? He was, yeah, he got a call, a call from Secretary Vilsack while he was in the state saying, you know, wanting to talk about a different issue. And he said, well, what are you doing in Louisiana? He said, well, I don't really, we'll hear that issue. We'll talk about this issue that, that he was called about. And he said, but right now I want to talk about labor because that's mm -hmm. what I'm hearing from farmers. So hopefully we can get some movement on this issue because I know the numbers we were hearing and that he was hearing from some of the sugarcane folks, it's pretty scary how how bad this could be for, for all these family farms across Louisiana. It's always good to have someone in D.C. going to bat for you. For Thank sure. you very much, Carl Wiggers. Well, if watching someone catch crawfish didn't get you hungry, I'm not sure we can remain friends. So to help with that hunger, let's take a look at crawfish prices from around the state. We'll start off in Houghton at Station 80 with live crawfish available for $2.49 a pound live and boiled for $4.49 a pound. Clark's Crawdad Hole in Winsboro has live crawfish at $2.75 a pound and boiled for $4.47 a pound. Lastly, we go south to Swampies on the Bayou in Homa with live crawfish for $2 a pound and boiled for $4.99 a pound. Now make sure wherever you're getting your crawfish, you do two things. First, call ahead and check prices because they can change or they have specials that they want you to know about. Secondly, make sure you're getting Louisiana crawfish, which is why the Louisiana Crawfish Promotion and Research Board reminds you to always ask before you eat. 2022 was a record year for Louisiana sugarcane farmers who sent more than 17 million tons of cane to the state's 11 mills. One byproduct of making sugarcane is by gas. So last year alone, mills were left with 4.6 billion pounds of bag ass. Mills burned some of it to power the boilers at the mill, but one company is turning sugarcane waste into food for cattle. These cattle at Deer Run Ranch in Jefferson, Texas, are all at the trough eating a waste product from Louisiana sugar mills. What they're all crowded around is bag ass. Well, at first, I always heard over the years that cows wouldn't eat bag ass, and it and they said they just won't eat it. It's, it's like dirt, <laughs> they won't eat it. But after I got it and with his process, they will eat it. No doubt that they will eat it. Robert Schmidt owns Deer Run Ranch. The product to which he's referring is Supreme Gold Plus, an animal feed made from Louisiana bagasse combined with other minerals and nutrients. Mark Walther, CEO of Impact Fusion International, came up with the idea. He and his workers near Napoleonville take bagasse, mix it with his proprietary blend of oils and minerals in this machine, then it compresses it into this huge bale. That bale is then put into another mixer that chops it up and removes all of the lumps. He says the cattle that eat it absorb more protein, and that's what makes it superior to hay or ryegrass. Well, number one, the weight gain, they find. They find that uh, the calves are healthier, when they're born, the uh, colostrum that they, they receive from the mama cow is healthier, the bags are bigger. I've seen tremendous weight gain. Uh, the calves come out, they're healthy. They bounce around like a bunch of little uh, rubber balls. 
they just really, really look so much better, the cows do. Something Schmidt and Walter say they noticed when feeding Supreme Gold Plus to cattle is the cow patties were firmer and had no smell. Ascension Parish rancher Kenny Acosta noticed that too. The manure doesn't have a smell. I thought that was, you know, some witchcraft that Mark told me at first, but, um, but I noticed it firsthand. Acosta says he fed his cattle the Supreme Gold Plus made from bagasse mixed with feed pellets this past winter. I find it came through this winter as good as I've ever had cattle come through the winter with this minimum amount of feed. Now it is labor intensive, but I'm a retired person and that's, I enjoy doing it. I think it's super from an agricultural standpoint, from a Louisiana standpoint, to utilize the byproduct of sugarcane for livestock. Warren Harang raises cattle and horses and is involved in the sugarcane industry. I grew up in the sugar industry, in the livestock business, and I understand the parallels, how important one product can be for the next. And we have a tremendous excess of raw crude bagasse. We have a way to get rid of it, and it's a natural way to feed our cows and, and horses and, and goats, and it's just a great natural cycle that when they're processing sugarcane, the bagasse, we have a way to get rid of it. Our cows eat it and it's very healthy to them and everybody wins. It's a win-win-win situation. If you would like to learn more about Supreme Gold Plus, visit our website at twilatv.org. Well, beef is one of the few food items cheaper this year than last. That's according to the latest consumer price index. However, those prices may be going back up again. Fed cattle market prices broke a record this month, trading above $175 per hundredweight. The previous record was $172.50, set in November of 2014. All indications are that prices will continue to be steady or move higher for two reasons, supply and demand and biology. Right now, there are fewer cattle available for sale while demand remains high. While cattle ranchers would like to increase their herds, especially with prices this high, it's going to take some time for breeding stock to catch up. While we have a good supply of beef right now, that is likely to tighten as the year goes on, which means you'll likely pay more at the grocery store and at restaurants. Well, it sounds like it's a good time to get to know a farmer or a rancher who actually sells beef directly. I think we may know a few well, of those. A few of them. We have all seen the TV shows based on the challenge challenge of cooking, and Louisiana is known for its food. This week, Twyla's Brianne Hendrickson takes us to Alexandria, where the LSU Ag Center hosted the annual Louisiana 4-H Food Challenge. The vegetables are cooking, but so is the competition. Bringing all these chefs together is Louisiana 4-H Healthy Living Coordinator Claire Zach. This is an opportunity for um, teams of three to four youth in grades four through 12 to come and compete in a food cooking competition. So they are given a secret ingredient, they shop at a pantry, and they have 40 minutes to create a dish, do a cost analysis of what they've shopped for, and then create a five minute presentation that they'll give to a panel of judges. The secret Louisiana commodity ingredient was rice. Each of these teams is given a five pound bag of jasmine rice donated by Supreme Rice and um, they will cook their dish with that, um, that commodity. And so this is another opportunity for us to showcase the great commodities that we have in Louisiana, the great agriculture that we have in Louisiana. Um, these kids are using, jasmine rice was actually developed in the LSU Ag Center Rice Research Station in Crowley. And so this is kind of a full circle 
moment for um, our scientists in the LSU Ag Center developed this and now our 4-H youth are using it at our cooking competition. With over 45 teams and 150 chefs competing, Bossier Parish chef Heather Edmonds and her team members accepted the challenge. We knew once we saw all the vegetables in the pantry that we wanted to make some kind of dirty rice or as we called it a vivid rice because we thought it'd be a good way to just like plate the food and incorporate all the nutrients that we needed and the kebabs we love kebabs after spending all day cooking it comes down to the awards our sponsor is supreme rice and um, they donated funding for us to purchase supplies so we purchased cooking supplies for our winners division winners and for second and third and then the division three the high school aged group um, the first place winner of that division will go on to our national competition and then they will um, compete in Dallas for the national title. Congratulations to all participants and good luck to Caddo Parish in Dallas. For This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, I'm Brianne Hendrickson. If you're a 4-H'er or know of someone who thinks they are up for the challenge, you can watch for updates on our website. They have not posted the new dates for the 2024 challenge, but we will have that information when they do. I'm looking forward to it. This next story is sure to get you quacked up. I cannot believe you just said that. Uh, you know, puns. It's my thing. It's yeah, my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, duck hunting is a Louisiana tradition that goes back to when Cajuns first settled here. So is making the duck calls that bring the ducks in. One man in central Louisiana is keeping the old ways alive. This week, Twyla's Neil Melanson travels to DeVille, Louisiana, where Cajun traditions are just a way of life. For Dale Bordelon, when it comes to duck calls, louder isn't always better. Here in a shop, fine-tuning his own handmade calls is a lot like finding the right tool for the right job. Like this old Tommy told me, anybody can kill a duck, anybody can call a duck to 50 yards, but it's from there to lightning that takes a duck caller. And you gotta have a soft call. To, I mean, ducks working, where to fine-tune them. Not only does he make the duck calls, but pretty much everything else. He makes the P-Rows like this one and the oars that he paddles out in. Even more, he makes these molds he crafts the calls with and these knives he uses to carve. So this is how I make my soundboards. I pull it all together and I take the smooth in, smooth it out. Take my sandpaper and I sand it down. And I end up with a perfect dial pin. It's all round on one side. Dale spent most of his career working for a nearby grain elevator. However, his passion has always been duck hunting, and over the last 30 years, he's made a career out of it. I build them like they, you know, did in the 1800s. So, so I, I didn't plan on nothing. I just started making calls, and people, I, people did. Uh, I had a few. Uh, magazine articles and uh, podcasts, and they just kind of took off. And then people got a hold of them, and then other people seeing. So it's just kind of a word of my deal. And I'm doing this full time, so that's a job. I got a job, and I got my son helping me. Dale makes his duck calls using river cane, which is different than bamboo. It grows best under forest canopies on riverbanks and has a unique property that makes it ideal for Dale's calls. This is a clumping bamboo versus a river cane. See that river cane, how small? You talk about strong, you can't hardly split that river cane. His products have won awards and attracted customers from all across the world. For a guy who just wants to hunt, he's busy most days. His calls have a two-year waiting list. Whenever my kids got grown and I started doing this as a hobby, 
and I had a friend of mine that wanted to call, so I made him one. He showed somebody he wanted one, and next thing you know, 10 people want them, and now I have a waiting list two to three years long. For Dale, it's much more than just working with his hands on a hobby. It's about the preservation of a culture that's been handed down since Cajuns first came to Louisiana. The passion for his craft, he says, comes from knowing it will survive another generation. I love doing it, and the biggest thing of all, I love sharing my Louisiana heritage. That means a lot to me. So I'm, if I could just stay healthy like them old people, I'd be happy to keep this going. <laughs> okay, so Dale, uh... I've never blown a duck call before. I want you to show me how to how we're going to do it here. Okay, so Neil, you take your index finger and your thumb. You put that exhaust barrel in there. That's just to hold it. You don't kill it. Leave it open just to hold it. Put that call in your mouth like you're drinking out of a Coke bottle. The bottom lip, the put the top lip, and you open your mouth up a little bit. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All you want to do is three, four, five notes with the first note longer coming down. Something Neil, like you, that. you never blew a call before. <laughs> I believe that's pretty good. <laughs> well, thank you. I learned from a master. The only reason I'm any good is because of you. Thank well, you very much, Dale. And we're going to have a link to Dale's website on our website at TwilightTV.org where you can get your very own handmade Louisiana duck call. Reporting for This Week in Louisiana Agriculture, I'm Neil Malasson. I think he just called a goose, not a duck. Well, as you heard in the story, there is a waiting list to get Dale's duck calls. If you would like a piece of Louisiana heritage for yourself or to find out more, we'll link you over on our website at twilatv.org. Still to come on Twyla, what does it take to be the best farm dog in all the land? We'll find out. But first, strawberries are fresh from the field right now, and we take a look at how harvest is going. Stay with us. I'm a steward of the land. I am growing a better future. I am feeding the world. I'm making the world a better place. I am resilient. I'm essential, and I'm still forming. I am essential. I am still forming. I am resilient. I am essential. I am still forming. No matter what happens, we are still forming. I am Farm Bureau. 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 We are Farm Bureau. It's the peak of strawberry season in Louisiana, and the bright red fruit is being harvested in fields across southeast Louisiana. Though many of the producers have struggled with disease, Twyla's Craig Gotro takes us to one farm that has seen great production in Livingston Parish. The strawberries are big, sweet, and ripe at the Landry Poche farm near Holden. We have a wonderful crop out here, and we're hoping to keep picking berries all the way up until Mother's Day. 
Production has been good at the farm. Warmer weather in January and February helped kickstart the growing season, and only a brief cold snap just after St. Patrick's Day slowed the harvest down. The weather's been really perfect around here. Um, perfect strawberry growing weather is 50 degree nights and 70 degree days, so everything has been really, really good. For some growers, a disease issue has hampered production, but the Landry Poche farm was able to control the disease with only minimal fruit loss. It's a fungus and it will produce spores and it can be easily spread by workers handling the plants, moving through the field. Um, later it can produce spores and then those can become windblown as well. The strawberry industry has seen the number of growers shrink because of hard economic times. Fighting a disease places an added burden. The fungicides are not cheap, they are expensive, and having to do additional applications costs the former each time, so that is cutting into profit. This time of year is Rhonda Poche's favorite because she starts opening up her farm to school groups and teaches them the importance of farming. The strawberry industry is dwindling, and if we can get one child interested in doing some type of farming, then I think we've accomplished something. If one decides to go to a U-Pick strawberry farm, make sure the berries are completely red because strawberries do not ripen after being picked. With the LSU Ag Center, this is Craig Gautreaux reporting. According to the latest LSU Ag Summary, Louisiana has nearly 50 commercial strawberry growers with gross farm value of nearly $9 million worth every penny. Still to come on Twyla, we meet the top farm dog in the country. A furry good boost is coming up next. Stay with us. It's a well-known fact that here in Louisiana, sugarcane is more than just a crop. It's a way of life. It creates more than 16,000 jobs across the state and an additional $3 billion boost to our state's economy. And Louisiana's cane families always give back to the communities where we live, work, and play. Louisiana sugarcane, making life sweeter, naturally. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane. They say dogs are man's best friend, and in many cases, a farmer's too. All across the country, farm dogs play a pivotal role in keeping agricultural operations running smoothly. That's why the American Farm Bureau Federation started the Farm Dog of the Year contest in 2019. And in today's Twila Boost, we introduce you to the 2023 winner, Tough, a Border Collie from Kansas. We got Tough as a two-year-old. We bonded rather quickly. She lives to work and she lives for Denny. The more that Denny worked her, the more apparent it was that she was an exceptional dog. At National Western, she was the reserve champion. This is from 2014 at the Houston Stock Show. That jacket was tough. So she made the cover of the magazine, Cover Girl. She's a cover girl. This buckle that she won was just not very long before she got hurt. Fortunate to have that one. We were working some heifers out here and she sustained a severe spinal cord injury left her paralyzed from the neck down, couldn't move anything. They were unsure um, what the recovery would be, if there'd be any recovery. Things started to progress in a positive direction. 
you could just tell every day that she was getting a little better and a little better. And she worked up to where she was probably 90% back to normal again. It was obvious that she still wanted to work. So we come up with jobs for her to do to give her purpose. Tough has obviously slowed down since the injury, but in her mind, she's still 10 foot tall and bulletproof and nobody's gonna tell her any different. She still loves to work. And so what we're doing out here today, um, we're working for her now. It's probably what keeps her going, really. I mean, outside of being your companion, her favorite thing in the world to do is what she's doing right here, right now. That's what she's done her whole life and she's happy when she's doing it. Probably the biggest thing that she teaches is to be happy in your circumstances. I mean, we all have stuff happen that obviously we don't want to happen. And if you understand the journey that she's come through, we can learn to be happy in our circumstances too, whatever they are. Now, if you think your furry companion has what it takes to be the 2024 American Farm Bureau Farm Dog of the Year, nominations are open now until July 14th. The grand prize includes $5,000, a year's worth of Purina dog food, and the recognition at the American Farm Bureau Convention in Salt Lake City, Utah. You can head over to our website, twilighttv.org, to learn more. Yeah, we had Case, who was the People's Choice Award, uh, Kelsey and Amanda Duyon down in Vermilion Parish one that's this past convention as well, like but that, that was the one that online voting. Like Mr. Congeniality. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for this edition of Twyla. Be sure to join us next week when we will take you to the 2023 Women in Agriculture Conference. Until then, you can watch all of our stories online at twilatv.org. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also find all of these stories and more on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe, turn on notifications. That way you know when something new puts, is put out there for you. For all of us here at Twyla, thanks for joining us. We hope to see you again right here next week.